Hello, I'm Glyn Fussell and welcome to We Can Be Heroes. In this podcast, I get to know creative misfits, underdogs, wild rebels and those people who have stuck one giant middle finger up to society and live life their way. I can't wait to introduce you to some people who embody what it means to be absolute champions. So prepare yourself as we dive in and meet some amazing individuals who have inspired, stood up for change and say, I am here. Watching you perform live last week, you're a force of queer, fabulous freedom. Oh my God, Glenn, that means a lot to me. The thing that I always think is like, all of the skill comes from years of drag performance, really. And actually, the thing that I found so interesting coming out of drag is like, we've both played hundreds and hundreds of gigs in drag. I did it a lot for 12 years. And like, you know, I've played shows where people really want you there, but I've played a lot of shows where people just don't want you there. It teaches you how to turn a crowd and turn a show. It really is the best performance training and performance reality ever. So that's kind of how it transferred I think drag so makes you aware of the audience. It means a lot that it translates because it's been years of work. Well, I want to talk about those years of work because, you know, you talk about drag being something you did before or RIP Crystal. We all loved her, but there's more than drag that gets you to that place. So what's the road look like to creating this album, which by the way, is an absolute masterpiece and a brilliant example of queer storytelling. It's a real ride. So what has that road been like for you? Well, without wanting to sound really tacky, I guess like the point is like I've been trying, I think a lot of us are trying through different mediums to like tell the story of a queer life and like a nuanced and complicated queer life. And like, I guess I've just over this 12 years of working in this space, drag and writing, I guess I think I hope I have honed my skills as a storyteller. And I did approach the album as a, like a three act structure, like a classic it wasn't like, song here, maybe that'll be track nine. I really thought about the rise and fall, and it really was all that I've learned over all these years and what I've experienced trying to marry those two things. It's been about trying to learn how to tell a story and tell it well. And the reason I got into drag was so I could tell stories on a stage. And I think for me, a lot of the trying to process what it means to be queer and what it means to have experienced a lot of violence, especially growing up, is trying to tell the story of it rather than focus on the reality of it. And I guess I think this album that I wrote, I really thought more about the reality, which is why maybe people have been maybe more touched by it, which is nice. I really observed was as someone that's watched you perform in your drag persona as Crystal and now as Tom, is that drag normally creates this armor and gives this power as a performer. And my observation mm. was that you seem to hold more power when you're performing as Tom. It was really interesting, actually. It left a bit of a lasting impression for me because I'm, I was watching thinking, Crystal was actually holding you back. <laughs> watching you up there as Tom, it's like watching this wild queer banshee on stage perform. I think in the early days, Crystal was definitely like a, a channel towards freedom. But I think it started to hold me back conceptually, I guess, or emotionally as drag changed. It just has all felt quite, this is a weird word to use, but it's all just felt quite natural. And it's nice to hear, I guess. And I did, I was, t I remember when I was about to do my first show without Crystal, I'd made a whole other character called Seth. And I was lucky that I was, you know, I work with a great and a really, really indie talented record label. And ever we like talked about it for months and months and months and how we were going to like perform the live show. And 
what was amazing was they were like, do whatever you want, obviously, but we think you might find some richness in Tom. And actually, I did. And maybe it seems more queer because it just is more me. I don't know. It's really, you know, again, it's really hard to assess what you do on stage. What I've loved, I really, in the pandemic, I basically, I've written loads about violence and I've experienced a lot of violence as a lot of queer people have. And in the pandemic, I was like, felt really sick of being so self-protected. I, I didn't go out. I had one really bad attack and I talk about this all the time, but after that, I like didn't go out clubbing as much. I really wrapped my world in cotton wool because I was like scared of physical violence, rightly so. And a lot of things change and I'm still scared of physical violence, but I kind of got to a point maybe four years after that where I was like, I've not felt really any thing. And I was like, I want to be in control of my body. I want to feel aches. So I went to this amazing dance teacher who like taught me to like throw myself on the floor and like spread my legs as wide as I could and like do all this weird shit. She's absolutely amazing. And we just did it in a park in the pandemic. Like obviously when we were allowed, like we just went to a local park and like blasted Euro trash dance songs. And she was like, get your knee on the floor. And I'd be like, it hurts. And she was like teaching me that like, I can be in control of like how much. So like, that is what I'm trying to do with the performance. I guess I just want to like feel my body. And I think being embodied as a queer person, it's a journey as a queer person and as a a trans non-binary person. Like I have avoided my body for 28 years. And the last three have been about trying to like fucking be in it. And I think it's coming. And I'm glad it shows on stage. There's some real Kate Bush moments in there Ugh. up on stage. It, it really, we were, all, we were all stood next to each other, just clutching each other's hands like, Tom is really doing this. I mean, Glenn, honestly ditto, because like I have been to Hoopla, I think every, every year but one since it started. And like, it seems like such a small thing to, to walk around a big open park and like hold hands and make out with my partner. And actually to be in the sun, I know it's such an easy thing to say, but I wrote this essay a while ago for this great book that Amelia Abrams published called We Can Do Better Than This. And it's all about how it had been like five years since I stepped outside further than from my door to a taxi. I sound very privileged. I was like from a door to a taxi in drag. And actually like in the in the pandemic, I went outside in drag because I wanted Crystal to like be in the sun. And I was on the main road feeling the sun and these guys all got out of a van and started calling me horrible names. And I was like, ah, oh. but like to feel the sun on your back while like holding on to your partner in a massive field, it just is really, a, it, it, is, it is not as common an experience as people might think. Do you think it's getting worse, Tom? Because it, it really felt, you know, being in safe spaces right now feel fewer and far between and they they feel more heightened when you're in them because they i don't know it just feels there's a sense of danger in the air and and in reality this happening right now whether it be in the media whether it be online it's happening it's out there right yeah it's a really hard one to measure because i think like if you were to speak to any queer person from or gay person or trans person from across i think you would have different like timelines of that feeling but yeah, I think if I'm honest with you right now, it is like a it is a sorry state of affairs sort of globally. I mean, we were just, I think, voted, was it like the 38th out of 40 worst countries in which to be trans in the UK? And it's like, and so like, you're right. I mean, the safe spaces have always been crucial. 
and they continue to be crucial. And I know what you mean. It feels like the threat of violence is is ever growing, especially for trans people. It, it completely boggles the brain because at one sense there's like a whole, I feel like there's a, since I like came to London and, and you must feel the same, Glenn, like things have changed massively. But at the same time, how bizarre that then while one thing shifts, another regresses so deeply. So Tom, what happens next for you? You know, we spoke about Cristal, the drag queen. There is talk or there's word on the street, as they would say in Real Housewives, word on the blogs, that you're adapting a piece of television around Diary of mm. a Drag Queen. Is this true? Because I want it to be true. Uh, it's kind of true. I actually think maybe it's shelved for a second, that project. But there is another thing I'm working on in that space, which I feel excited about which is actually less memoir, but it's very much about queer lives. But I won't go deep into it, but I'm excited about that. And it's like a big drama. It's as in like a, the actual piece of work is like, I challenge myself to write something that wasn't memoir, but actually it becomes almost more memoir because that informs the character so much. Um, so there's that. And then um, I'm actually, I had my first sessions for my next record yesterday. And I'm feeling excited. It's taking a turn, which I'm excited about. I'm trying to think about artists who I love and who taught me everything I know. And it is just, it is Madonna. And the one thing I think kept me so hooked all those years is like her real commitment to reinvention. And like, obviously I'm not Madonna. First of all, I don't have the budgets. But second of all, I like have a very different life to Madonna. And I'm quite intrigued to explore a slight transformation but really just an extension of the sound into something different but it's it already it's, it's so funny you must have this like where you start something sort of in the same creative world but new i will instantly like i was like oh my god i can like see how differently this will be performed so that's exciting and then i'm going i'm planning a tour it's quite a fun tour it's called the bodybuilding tour which is very chic and i'm planning that for the end of this year what about you, Glenn? I'm doing millions of things because I, bet. I think much like you, I find inspiration in the same places, actually, in mm. in our community. And I've learned as I've got older to just trust my instincts and go after what my gut is telling me to do and not overthink, but just if I'm chasing my joy and feeling passionate about something that I know that the end result is going to be something worth having. That is such a good way to live, to live by feeling. That is such a good way to live. I think it's taken me 12 years to write. I, all I wanted to ever do was write a record and be a, be like a pop singer. It's taken me 12 years. And I'm so glad though, because if I think about what I'd have written at 19, I'd have written some sh absolute shit. I'd have written some absolute shit. So like in a way the the journey and the slowness is the gift, but it, t it takes time. To trust your gut. Um, you, you've got to make some wrong moves as well. You've got to make a few wrong moves, I think. Well, I, I can't speak for you, but I have. Don't you think you've got to learn to be patient that it's so weird with someone that's not in one way religious. I'm not religious at all, but I do believe in the universe and that mm -hmm. it brings us things at the right time. I agree. I think what you're talking about to me is like, it's like the process of slowing down and listening. I think it's, I think the nature of our 20s in a way and our you know or our early years in the creative worlds and in the like nightlife worlds like you're just I mean I was just trying to pay the bills as well as live as freely as possible and like so you have to say yes to thousands of things and in in that way I sort of lost the creative center of 
Crystal. And that's why I and that's why that sort of came to an end for me, because she'd become like a, a cash pig. <laughs> and like, which, you know, that, that was how she wanted to die. She was happy to die that way. But like, you know, it was it was about, yes, yeah, just stopping and listening and being like, what feels good? We're lucky to be able to ask that question. One thing I'll say to a younger self or like a younger queer person is like, things change in ways you're not expecting them to. And that's quite nice. That's been my experience. Like things things that have become important to me were things that I never thought would be that important to me, if I'm honest with you. And that has been surprising. And actually the the ability to be surprised has been the most, by my own life and by my friends and by my community is like, that's the thing that I want to hold on to. I think my like whole life, I want to be surprised and challenged. And that's not what I was looking for when I was in my earlier in the early we all need to stop we all need to listen to bodybuilding by tom rasmussen Mm, you are an actual gift to our community you are a gift to any queer kid out there that wants to know what winning looks like and um, i'm glad Mm. to call you a friend oh you too glenn i it means a lot that you've said all this lovely stuff i would i say it all back and i mean it so thanks